such a blessing to be here. Thank you to my pastors. I love so much for the privilege and the honor of being here. The glory of God is in this house. You walked in. You walked into something special here this morning. It's not because of me. It's because His glory abides in this place. You're not going to find what's in this house anywhere else. God has favored this house with His glory. God has blessed this house with His presence on Sundays and Wednesdays. You have to, you have to acknowledge and take care of what God is depositing in this place. It can't be just an ordinary Sunday. It can't just be a midweek service. You come into the house of the living God where he is dwelling. I'm telling you, the Bat Church, our church, we're trying to get to where you're at. God has favored this house. Every time you step in, a miracle can happen. Every time you step in, deliverance can happen. Every time you step in, oppression can fall. Every time you step in, you can be set free because you walked into the glory. Because the glory and your mess cannot be in the same place. It has to be evicted. It has to be ejected in the name of Jesus. How many believe that with me this morning? Acts chapter 2, if we can remain standing for God's holy word. You're saying, Pastor Junior, talking about the gift of tongues, and if it's so be it, so be it, but it's not about that. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them in tongues resembling fire, which were being disturbed, distributed among them, and they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were filled, I'm reading it out of the Amplified, that is diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. I like the way the Amplified puts it. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout, God-fearing men from every nation and under heaven. And when this sound was heard, a crowd gathered, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language or dialect. They were completely astonished, saying, look, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own language or native dialect Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and people of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia Minor, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and districts of Libya around Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and pro prolites, Gentile converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs, we all hear them speaking in our native language about the mighty works of God. And they were beside themselves with amazement and were greatly perplexing to one another. What could this mean? But others were laughing and joking 
and ridiculing them, saying they were all full of sweet wine or drunk. Bunch of haters. Father God, in Jesus' name, your presence is in this place. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, so you can receive all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy fire. You may be seated up a room. This house has been experiencing. Let me say it again. This house has been experiencing an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. <laughs> Permit me to say this this afternoon. This is just the beginning. Why? Because new season carries a word. And that word in Jesus' name is ready to be empowered for his glory. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that you have to get ready. Get ready to see what you, your family, your children, your finances, your destiny, your dreams, your vision, your community has been waiting to see. What is that, Pastor Junior? An Acts 1-8 empowerment. An Acts 2-17 and Joel 2-28 outpouring. A flow into this house and those around us. It's time to see the miracles, signs, and wonders take place. It's time to see the unjust receive justice. It's time to see the unholy be holy again. It's time to see the chains fall off once and for all. It's time to see families restored. It's time for pride to fall and humility to rise. It's time to see the oppressed delivered. It's time to see the sick be healed. It's time to see the broken made whole. It's time to see another level of glory in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of Haggai 2.9. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord God Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. If you believe this with me, give God your best shout of praise. The upper room is still and will be one of the greatest conversations Christians can ever have, theologians can have, news broadcasting networks can have, social media platforms can post. Debate and podcasts. There's no question that the upper room has a significance, not just the speaking and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It has more significance to that. It has a history that the world is still to this day is astonished. We started, Pastor Sam and Charlie started this series called Fresh Oil, Holy Fire, and New Wine. Starting with King David. You guys remember that? King David was received, was received three fresh anointings, one with the crown, on three different times, for three different assignments, for three different seasons. How ironic, Jesus masterfully planned out the perfect upper room with the foundation of King David's tomb. Jesus decides to build on King David's tomb. Amazing how Jesus picks this specific location 
and literally uses the tomb of a man that was anointed three times to send down fire from heaven. What are you trying to say? That location matters. Where you worship matters. Who you speak with matters. Where you work at matters. Where you locate yourself and life matters. Where it matters. Everything is about location. Why did Jesus choose King David's tomb out of all the places on the world? Why this specific spot? Why was it? You can find it First Kings 2.10 and Nehemiah 3.14-16. through 16. What are you trying to say? That the anointing still operates whether we are alive or in a tomb. It doesn't matter. Meaning, holy fire will always connect to anointing. Meaning, holy fire will always find the anointing to cause a holy blaze. And I say this respectfully this morning. For all the religious folks in the room, it not or will ever be about you. It's about what he is doing and what he already has done. <laughs> Respectfully speaking, in Jesus' name, get over yourself. It's not about your prayers. It's not about your power. It's not about your ability. It's about his empowerment. It's about his glory. And it's about him and will always be about him. The tomb was anointed and Jesus had perfectly executed a plan to send his fire to make dead things come alive again. Return what the enemy has stolen and to multiply what God is depositing in your life. Luke 22, 7 through 12, Jesus has a conversation literally with his people and saying, I'm about to build something, bro. On David's tomb, today we have so many people respectfully saying, that are anointed but are living in a tomb. Let me say it again. We have so many people that are anointed but living in a tomb. In a tomb of fear. In a tomb of loneliness. In a tomb of anxiety. In a tomb of sickness. In a tomb of poverty. In a tomb of complacency. In a tomb of unbelief. In a tomb of dead dreams. In a tomb of dead vision. You're saying this morning, does God see me? Does God hear me? Does God want to use me? Does God want to heal me? Does God want to fill me? Does God not want to elevate me? Let me tell you this morning, the answer is yes. Why? Because you carry and are filled with an anointing. And an anointing that attracts holy fire. Even, even if your mind, heart, and soul are in a tomb, God is attracted to your anointing because he made you. He breathed his spirit inside of you. He didn't create us to live in a tomb. He created us to be in the upper room. This morning, holy fire is going to come down on you because it's attracted to the destiny that's inside of you. Despite your mess, Despite all the stuff you've done, despite all the wrong reactions, all your egotistical, prideful, Latino culture, American Valley stuff, it breaks today in the name of Jesus. Because you're not defined by that. You're defined by the spirit of the living God that's inside of you. God's grace and plan will be ignited in you today in the name of Jesus. 
Holy fire is going to burn off your fear, your loneliness, your anxiety, your sickness, your poverty, your complacency, your unbelief, your dead dreams, your dead vision. Why? Because of 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Why? Because Romans 8, 11, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you believe it with me, give God your best shout. <laughs> Stolen, but things will be returned. King David, the foundation of this tomb, this upper room, went through some stuff. Oh, he was God, he was man, he was the man after God's own heart. But he went, he went through life. Things happen. There was adversity, there was challenges. There was things that occurred to him that he probably never thought were going to happen. But it happened for us, for you and I, to have an example how to overcome. King David, his son, one of the most hurtful things that any kid can do to his father or to his mother, Absalom, steps up against his own dad and says, bro, I'm taking your kingdom. And he fights his own dad. And his dad runs off and he, in, in pain and in suffering, he runs into a tomb. Absalom tries stealing his dad's kingdom. Everything that he built. Betrayal. When I'm talking about betrayal, that's crazy stuff right there. That's like some Twittering, Instagram, YouTube, crazy podcast stuff. And I remember that it sucks to have that. Something literally being stolen from your grasp. Something happening in front of you that's being stolen from you. I said this two times. Bear with me. Those people have been sitting three services. I love you. My son at the doctor's office. And I was told that I need to finish the story. I'm in the doctor's office and I'm watching my phone who has access to their house on their phone cameras and stuff. Right? ADT services, I'm not, I'm not promoting them. That's what I use. And I'm looking at this and the gardener's there and we weren't having problems with the gardener, but he was just leaving the trash in the different areas. So I was watching him. I wanted to see if he was going to lie to me or not. And I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, Sergio, before he was 16, comes out of the car, of his house, and he gets into my car, David. He gets into my truck, and he sits in the truck. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at him, and no gardener was capturing my attention. It was just the truck and Sergio in the truck. All of a sudden, to make a long story short, I see Sergio, or more than, I see the truck start exiting my driveway of my house. I lose it. Your son is driving the truck right now. She's like, what? Calm down. I was like, your son is driving the truck right now. 
He's literally driving it down the street, and I don't know where he's going. Did you give him permission? She's like, no. He's driving the truck. He has no insurance. He has no driver's license. He has nothing. He can kill somebody. He can get thrown in jail. It's a done. I'm looking at it, and then I have the, the thing, the camera that moves this way, and it looks at the end of the street, and all of a sudden, the car is just headed that way, and there's no more truck. I am blowing him up like crazy. I'm calling him, I'm DMing him, I'm TikTok, on Instagram, on every platform, answer me right now, nothing. Call my daughter, nothing. I called the person that was supposed to be taking care of my kids, nothing. And she's like, calm down. How do you want me to calm down? Your sweet little worship guy, the anointed one that runs around everywhere, he took my truck. She's like, calm down. So I calmed down. I took like 15,000 breaths. And I turned back the camera and I see the truck parked. Not in the same way I left it. His way, right? So when I got home, this is the rest of the story. I just ring the doorbell. I didn't have to say nothing. I'm just coming in and look at him. I'm sorry, Dad. Okay. And I just walked away. Took him about two hours, and I, we had a talk. I was like, what in God's name made you do that? He's like, I don't know, Dad. I was like, well, let it be your first and your last. That was the end of the story, Brother Peter, and that's all he said. What are you trying to say, Pastor Jimmy? I'm trying to say, spiritually speaking, sometimes as Christians, we watch the enemy steal things right in front of us. And we have a camera which is the Holy Spirit, to catch up and see, and we still don't get it. We still don't catch up to see where it's moving, where it's headed, what's happening. First Peter 5 says, First Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, that devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have too many anointed people that have allowed the enemy to steal things from them. We have too many anointed marriages allowing the enemy to come and separate. We have too many anointed kids allowing the enemy to come and separate them from truth. We have too many anointed people allowing confusion to settle. We have too many anointed people that are constantly being robbed by the enemy himself. Robbed of their peace, robbed of their joy, robbed of their love, robbed of unity and many other things. But the most important the enemy is trying to steal your destiny and your future by stealing what you have. Meaning, he's trying to take you off course from the assigned location he has for you. See, David's tomb was in the exact location where the holy fire fell. Not holy fire, but the following also took place. Herbie, come up here. Manny, come up here. Quickly. Herbie, come up here. Even though you have a Packers jacket on. These, the upper room was the significance of other things that happened before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These things happened. There was men sitting at a table, disciples of Jesus, not in a Packers jersey, not in a Packers jacket. It was not there. And the meaning of cynical, the Hebrew word for upper room is cynical. It's a 
find it in Matthew 26, 1 through 29, Mark 12 to 25, Luke 7, 7 through 20. These were the hours that Jesus was spending in the upper room before it was even acknowledged as the upper room. Jesus comes and hangs out at the table with his disciples. He breaks bread with them. He tells them about the promise. Does the last supper. All that good stuff. Figures out who's going to betray him. Calls him out. All that was happening in this moment. The other thing that transpired in the upper room was that the disciples were fighting against each other. Fighting about one thing. Who among us, Jesus, will be lifted high? Who among us will take lead? Who among us? What are you trying to say, Pastor Junior? That as Christians, we need to stop fighting against each other. Jesus has decided to sit in this house, meaning in this table, to glorify himself. But we have to stop fighting in order to see another level of glory. Because God's got to clean up this mess in order to pour out what's next. He's got to clean the mess here in order to pour out what's next. God did not design this house. God did not decide to locate himself, locate his glory in this house for it to just be this way. He wants to amount to something bigger, but we got to stop fighting. We got to stop pointing the finger. We got to stop judging. We got to stop doing all that. We got to come together for the glory of Jesus Christ so we can see another level of glory. There's a devil out there trying to devour, steal, and destroy the only answer to that is a united church full of the glory and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. We have to in Jesus like a boss doesn't say nothing. He says you guys are fighting like I don't know what he was thinking. The Bible doesn't say it. The Bible does say this. He shows humility. He doesn't hear their drama or their mess. All the emotions that were riding high that day, he shuts his mouth, he doesn't say nothing, and he begins to wash their feet in the upper room. When was the last time you humbled yourself and said, I'm sorry, even regardless if you didn't do anything wrong? Oh, but I come to church. I come. I, I, I hang out. I listen to, I see it. Can he trust us with the glory? Can he trust you to carry what he's depositing in this house? Can he trust you to administer it right? Can he trust you to align your life to his plan and his purpose so the glory could go from glory to glory? You need to understand what's in this house. It's, it's really special. It's really happening before your very eyes. This house has a word. This region has a word. California has a word. New season has a word. And it's two words and an awakening and revival that's going to happen. In order for the holy fire to fall and multiply, we must stop once again fighting against each other. 
We must stop being jealous and envious. We must stop being afraid of accountability. We must stop pointing the finger at each other and forgive. That's when the enemy can come in and steal what new season is designed and destined for. It's destined to usher in once again an awakening and revival that's going to change the world for the glory of Jesus. This campus is anointed. The holy fire is falling. But can he trust you and I with what he is putting in this house every Wednesday and Sunday? Can he trust you? Can he trust you as a dad? Can he trust you as a mom? Can he trust you as a husband, a wife? Can he trust you? Can he trust you? In Jesus' name, I believe we can. In Jesus' name, that Absalom spirit that's trying to steal things and remove things leaves our minds, our hearts, and spirits in the name of Jesus. It leaves our marriages. It leaves our children. It leaves our dreams. It leaves our path. It leaves our promises. It leaves our church in the name of Jesus. There's no devil in hell that cannot or will not stop the plan of God that he has for your life, for your family's life, for your children. Oh, I sense the glory for your children's life, for this house in the name of Jesus. If you believe it with me, give God your best shout of praise. We have to stop. In Jesus' name, friendships that were broken are now mended. The last time between families because of brokenness and argument is returned in the name of Jesus. The memory that was lost is returning to you this morning. The emptiness from loneliness is made whole this morning. The inheritance that someone or maybe could have fooled you and robbed you from it belongs to you and it's coming back to you this morning. The money that you have lost Whatever happened, God is returning it in the name of Jesus with interest. The dreams are returned again. Vision is multiplied again. Why? Because this morning we stand on the promises of God in the name of Jesus. We stand on Isaiah 55, 11. We stand on Romans 4, 21. We stand on Joshua 21, 45. New season. We don't come off course. We stay on course in the name of Jesus. If you believe it with me, Shout like you know. We guys can't fight. We need each other. You're going to fall. He's going to fall. If they can't call us, where are they going to run to? That's why the return rate basically in Christianity is lost. Because they don't find something that's whole and genuine. People run out to alcohol, to sex, to unholiness, to bars, to strip bars, Instagram, videos they shouldn't be watching. Things that are not meant for you because you're trying to let yourself out. You're trying to put release something into something when God is telling you why. But if we reject them. If we push people away, if we push each other away in Christ, in the kingdom of God, we're going to lose people instead of gaining people. How? We have to multiply. We have to multiply. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. It attracted, the holy fire attracted 
different parts of the world for everyone to see and hear. Let this be the house where the holy fire comes down and it's attracting things from all over the world to come to this house. Whether it be the haters, the haters will turn around and submit for the glory. Whether it be more people, people will come to the feet of Jesus. So be it God, but let it be multiplied. Let it be multiplied. You're talking about multiplication. Pastor Junior, it's in Acts chapter 2, 7, verse 3, 11. That's exactly what transpired. That's exactly what happened. New season is time to multiply. Nothing less. It's time to multiply. We have so many anointed people in this house. We have so many calls that are sitting in the seats right now. We have so many mantles that are just sitting there and not being empowered. We have so many families that are called. We have so many children that are called, so many teenagers and young adults that are called that are just sitting there. In Jesus' name, the holy fire is going to be igniting your oil once again in Jesus' name. New season. New season. What we couldn't do before, we will do now in the name of Jesus. The people that couldn't be saved will be saved for God's glory. The prodigal sons and daughters will come home in the name of Jesus. This confused, rebellious, anxiety-filled, whatever it is, generation. In Jesus' name, it has to come off, off the confusion, the identity crisis. It breaks off in the name of Jesus. This generation will be a holy generation. A holy generation that will bow at the feet of Jesus. There is no weapon in hell that cannot or will not destroy our children in Jesus' name. Why? Because you're located in the right place. You're located in the place where God's glory dwells. Location matters. God decides to abide here. God did it here. God wants to do more in here. God wants, to, wants this house, new season as a whole, to be a factory that produces new wine, meaning new people. Meaning new campuses, meaning new leadership, meaning new outlaw, more, more new resources, new things that happen because we are a factory that produces new things for the glory of Jesus. Why not? Why not new season Downey launch another campus? Why not launch another pastor? Why not launch another youth pastor? Why not? We're called to multiply. We're not called to hog everything in. Oh, but Pastor Junior, man, I just, I've been in a mess. It doesn't matter. I haven't lit. It doesn't matter. All God wants you to do is allow his fully fire connect to your oil. That's it. You can't have to be the best speaker. You can have a strong Spanish accent like I do. God will use you for his glory. You could be a Packers fan. And God will use you. You can wear Astros jersey on Jersey Sunday and God will still use you. You can wear a Yankees and Eagle jersey and God will still use you. We're praying for all of us. But if you're a Niner fan, you are anointed and gifted. Woo! God has the glory for you. New season. It's time for us to multiply. 
it's time for us to get out of our tomb. It's time to get back what the enemy stole from us. And it's time to be a factory of new wine. It's time for every leader, every servant, it's time. For every person that attends every tither and giver, it's time. It doesn't have to be the perfect thing. Just get up and do it. The worship team. Thank you, sir. Thank you. The worship team can come up. Do you guys could stand with me? How many of you guys have a word that's been spoken to you in your life? Raise your hand. Quickly raise them up again. Hold them up high. Hi, guys. There's a word in your life. There's a word over your life. You might be saying, Jesus is coming back. someone to come get you. You got to get up and say, Pastor, where do you need me? Children's church. Oh, heck. I don't do children's church, Pastor. I can't do that. It doesn't matter. You're serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. First impressions. Oh, I don't do that. I don't like people. I'm introverted. Get over yourself. God called you, God used you, God will use your smile to change someone's life because it's not about you, it's about who's inside you. I can't speak. If Moses had an interpreter, so be it. You'll have an interpreter. It's your time, it's for us to multiply. Then don't complain about the people that are serving every Sunday don't complain about the leadership don't complain about this don't complain about that get involved multiply oh their pastor's favorite no it's not that's a that's a lie from the hell they're deciding to serve they're being appointed they're located in the right place for God's glory but they took a selfie they took, who cares then get up and you join the selfie Stop crying. Stop whining. Get involved. It's time to multiply. It's time to be in God's presence. You're gifted. You're anointed for such a time as this. Joel 2.28 was not placed in scripture for us, for it to not be fulfilled. It was placed in scripture for it to be fulfilled. If God can use a cactus, if God can use a donkey, how much more can he use you and I if you're just willing? There's evangelists here. There's thing, people that are here that are called to do great things. 
There's people in your workplace that need something from you. Your neighbor needs something from you. They need to hear your testimony. They need to hear what's inside you. They need to hear what's overcome. And be careful if you shut someone's testimony down. Be careful if you shut someone's testimony off. Because you go against scripture. Because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't shut no one down. Don't shut no one down. I say it respectfully. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a hot mess. No dad. Mom rejected. Brother and sister rejected. All that hot mess. All the stuff. All the cultural stuff. The dad beat you. All that stuff. I walked in victimization. I walked in that poor, poor me. But when I met Jesus. So here's my testimony. I was washed by the blood of the Lamb. I was crucified with Christ. Now he lives in me. Now it's what I do. So don't shut it. Say your testimony. Release your testimony. Anointed. Gifted. I've been through it. But God. But God. That's what's wrong with Christendom. Religious factos. Where men can talk about other stuff with men because they're ashamed we need to be a safe place a safe heaven where people can speak about what they're going through and we can set them free in the name of Jesus not judge them not condemn them not crucify them not do any of that but by the name of Jesus that sin is broken off your life because we're anointed we're gifted we're a hospital for the broken that's what the church is we have doctors in this house. We have doctors that have a mantle. We have doctors that carry an anointing that are beasts with the switchblade, that are beasts with everything. Oh man. The glory of God's in this place. This is not propaganda, but you came to the right place. God located you and your family to the right place. This is the place where your mantle, your calling, your promises will come to place in the name of Jesus. For you and your house. Jesus. All the altar workers, prayer warriors, please make your way up here. Oh, I sense a breakthrough coming right now in Jesus' name. I sense deliverance in the name of Jesus. We're going to do this very, very, very structurally. If you're saying, Pastor Junior, I just can't get out of my tomb. I don't know what's happening. I've tried. I pray. I'm in this tomb in my mind and in my heart. I see things happening. I, all that. In Jesus' name, you're going to be delivered. This is Dr. Andrea. 
anointed, gifted right now. She's going to lay hands. Look, if you need that prayer at the count of three, come out of your seat and come see Dr. Andrea. This is an anointed woman of God right here. If you need healing and anything, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever it is, in Jesus' name, these women have an anointing for healing right now. You're about to be healed and set free right now in Jesus' name. If you're a generation, young adults, youth, that says, you know what? I don't got it all together. I'm jacked up. But I know that I have a calling and an anointing in me. I know that I'm alive because Christ lives inside of me. I know there's a Jesus, or I want to get to know Jesus. Right here's your man, Dr. Manny, Sister Lomeli. It's her second time in church. We're going to have her pray. At the count of three, come out of your seat. Watch the doctor operate here right now in Jesus' name. Ready? One, two, three, in Jesus' name. Come out of your seat. Don't leave the same. This is your moment. This is your moment. Shendarabasotolobobobokotolobobobasha.